Welcome to the Self-Kindness with Pete podcast, a podcast dedicated to exploring how we become our very best in the world by being kind to ourselves. I'm Pete Sibley, the Self-Kindness Coach, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to another Self-Kindness with Pete. I am Pete Sibley. This is episode number 41 and we're we're here celebrating uh, today my friend's upcoming birthday, my friend on the podcast today. We tried to make it number 40 because he was turning 40 or is depending on when you listen to this. But here we are on 41. So excited for my friend, Pastor Justin Noseworthy, to be on the podcast today. He just is, he's living it. He's living this idea of inherent worthiness into the world. And he speaks about that. He speaks about the challenges. And it's just a beautiful, fun conversation that I got to have. I hope you enjoy it as well. First, before we get into that, how are you doing, my friend? Checking in with you, just taking that deep breath, coming into where you find yourself, right here, right now, knowing that it's all okay. Maybe there's frustration, maybe there's confusion. It's all okay. Maybe there's disappointment. Maybe you feel like you made a mistake. It's all okay. A self-kindness practice brings us back to that place. We may have missed it, and we just come back to it. It's okay. We start from here. We take the tools. We try again. And that's what we're doing here, week after week, moment after moment, day after day, year after year. And if you enjoy this podcast, I so appreciate when you take the time, and you could do it right as you're listening right now, to rate the show, to leave a comment, or to share, hop on uh, with uh, my friends, we're having a self-kindness conversation over on Instagram at self-kindness with Pete and participate in whatever way feels right. So my guest today is Justin Noseworthy. Such a privilege and honor to call this man my friend. And he's the husband to Maddie and daddy to Evelyn and Parker, who you get to hear giggling in the background during our interview. And he works as the pastor at All Things New Church, which he planted in Monterey, California, almost four years ago. You can find him online, and we put all those links in the show notes. Uh, but when he's not pastoring, and when he's not with Maddie and the kids, he likes to surf, he plays soccer, and he makes music. He is just a champion of a human being. I hope when I grow up and turn 40, <laughs> I get to be more like Justin. So here he is. Mr. Justin Noseworthy, 
Welcome to Self-Kindness with Pete. Love having you here. This is brilliant. Any moment that I get to have with you is a good moment. So glad you're here. And I'm going to jump right in by saying, uh, what is Justin's definition of self-kindness? <laughs> and why, you know, why are we talking about self-kindness today? <laughs> Maybe you could answer <laughs> answer me that, my friend. So, yeah. Well, hey, man, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's fun to, uh, any any chance I get to, to hang with Mr. Pete Sibley, I'm in. Yeah, and, you know, how would I define self-kindness? It's a great question. I, I think self-kindness, um, I, in some sense, I think it, it starts with truth, if that makes sense, like mm. truth and honesty about um, your abilities, about your inabilities. Uh, I, I think some of the, the more robust and uh and life-giving practices of self-kindness um are, are are very clear and honest about you know what i can do what i cannot do <laughs> and just drawing some appropriate boundaries mm. around that right so um there's a foundation of truth there i think self-kindness also incorporates love right in a way that um acknowledges those acknowledges that truth but but in a way that um that declares regardless of what what abilities you may have regardless of what inabilities you may have uh love is uh, is always a part of that so whether it's um you know whether you're in a, a, a moment of of actively doing something or you're in a, a moment of actively not doing something uh, you know, the, the sort of self-kindness of, um, of truth and love acknowledges that you're, you're not defined by what you do or don't do, but you're defined by um, your in- inherent value as a beloved, you know. And uh, I mean, you blame it on, on mm. my day job as, as mm. a pastor, <laughs> you know, but uh, I, that's, that's sort of how <laughs> I see it is, is that you know, there's there's nothing that can separate us from uh, the divine and eternal and uh, ever present love of our Creator. So, yeah. well, I, I think you did it. I think you answered both questions right <laughs> there. Because what I hear is something that, you know, I don't think we can say it enough. Is mm-hmm. that of that inherent worthiness, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if there is a kind of a debt uh, that we have right now as a, maybe as a human culture, may, certainly it shows up in American culture is this idea of that you need to establish worthiness, right? right? right you need right. to like become worthy of, mm. you know, of the praise of the success of the, and so self-kindness, you know, why are we talking about it today? I think you, you you hit it right on the head. Like we need to just continue. Like we, I don't think we can hear it enough. Right. You're worthy because you are. Like, right. Right. Done. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, that's where we should be starting from. Right. 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 
Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that I just so value and appreciate with the, you know, my tradition is is the sort of Judeo-Christian tradition, right, declares that at, at the very beginning, right? There's this sort of creation narrative where God creates and, and there's this sort of progression uh, of, of goodness, right? Where um, God creates heavens and earth and, you know, the waters and sky and, and, and then there's plants and animals and, and then eventually humans, right? You know, man and woman and, and, and all throughout there's this declaration, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then, of course, with humanity, it's, it's very good. But what's what's really interesting, and, and I, mm-hmm. I just encountered this recently, is that there's the the way that like ancient Jewish literature works is that it's in this moment there's we're with this text and in, in the creation account in Genesis there's this progression of increasing value and goodness, right? And and a lot of times I would hear you know. And if you, if you look at that, the creation narrative, it, it continues and it goes. And the way I remember hearing it, it, it sort of culminates, of course, with woman because woman is, is created after man. And so that's like the crowning achievement of, of creation. And yet, of course, the creation account continues. And, and what does God do on the seventh day? He rests. Right. So God, in, in mm-hmm. many ways, is like the, the mm-hmm. creator, not just of, of all things, but, but is the, the creator and author of self-kindness. Right of of of, of resting mm-hmm. and and wanting to um, to create some healthy boundaries and 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 so there's just a lot of like really cool I, I think stuff in that the sort of ancient tradition and discipline of Sabbath keeping is is not this sort of command to uh, to live into a kind of like religious checklist but it is an invitation to live into the crowning achievement of creation, which is to rest and have uh, mm. moments of, of self-kindness, right? Where, you know, and, and Jesus kind of puts it well. He's like, yeah, Sabbath is made for you guys. <laughs> it's, uh, it's made to, to enter into those spaces of self-kindness. And, and in many ways, what it's getting at is in, in a life and in a, in a world where we are continuously at work and doing and producing and achieving and accumulating the Sabbath, right. Forces us into a place where there's at least one reminder every week that says, you know what? You're not defined by what you do. You're defined by who you are. And Mm -hmm. you are the dear, the dearly beloved child of your creator in whose image you were created. Right. And there's this, I, I think there's beauty in that. And what greater self-kindness than to be reminded consistently that, um, that you know what, you're not defined by what you do. And, and how freeing is that? <laughs> because, man, I, I fail right. all the time, man. If I was defined by what I do, right. oh, man, that would be, I'd be in trouble. Well, you know, but I think people can take that both ways. It's mm. it's freeing on one hand, but it could be really scary on the other hand. Like oh, yeah. for a person who has, you know, decades of being defined as who they are, which totally. is I'm successful, I have achieved this, I'm, you know, the top of my like, what do you mean I'm not just mm. so so I could see how it can kind of play out both ways. 
Um, totally. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I you know I think um, it's it's a really good point because in in many ways that worldview I guess or, or that understanding can shatter paradigms that have have shaped a person you know their whole lives and and, and anytime mm-hmm. a a paradigm is is shattered even if it's the right thing to do it that that's hard right. Um, right. And at the same time, I, I think in some ways, um, even as, as challenging as that may be to someone who is sort of defined themselves by their success, uh, again, it's, it's getting back to the, the truth, right? Um, self-kindness is right. this, yeah. this, there's a foundation of truth to self-kindness. And um, even if someone has operated within that paradigm and perhaps found success and full, you know, quote unquote fulfillment in their identity as someone who succeeds, uh, in the end, mm. failure will happen at some point, or, or maybe their, their success will be eclipsed by someone who's, who's more successful, right? Um, whatever it may be, mm. you know, that paradigm will be shattered at, at one point or another, uh, because I, I just, for me, I just think that's, I think that's the reality of our world, you know, and if it's, you know, if, if that wasn't true, then it would be very clear that the most successful people are clearly the most fulfilled and, and joy filled. And, you know, so, so then it would make sense, you know, that the richest are the the ones who are clearly the most fulfilled, the, uh, the, the greatest, uh, sports superstars are always the, you know, or the music or whatever it is, pick business, you know, whatever, avenue you're you're involved in or, or seeking success it would mean that um they're the ones that have the most kind of rounded out and holistic living and geez we know that that's not true <laughs> you know um right right yeah and, and yeah. so i yeah I, yeah I i think with that there needs to be if if you know if you or or, or me or someone else is like sort of the agent of that paradigm shattering <laughs> you know it we need to tread lightly and, and be delicate and, and caring and, and loving in that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know, maybe in, in what you're, you're talking about holds the reason of, um, you know, I, I almost heard what you're just saying as like, perhaps it's, it's designed that way, you know, that there mm. is, you know, again, in this benevolent creator, you know, it's not malicious that we would get, uh, you know, that paradigm, you know, breaking and crumbling, but that it's actually for, you know, for good. So, you know, and that makes me just think about all those stories that are so inspiring and, you know, raise the hairs on our arms and touch our hearts of, you know, the person who has a paradigm come crashing down around them and out of that something maybe even more beautiful right, comes, right. comes from it. So, um, right. I mean, I feel like our human culture is filled with those stories and we keep going back to them again and again to draw inspiration. And so it can't, it, you know, it's hard for me not to draw parallels with the moment that we're living in right yeah. now. 
after <laughs> 2020 where like every oh, you know just it just continues things are just right. getting rattled and shaken up and we watch what happens from there um mm-hmm. a lot of doubt a lot of fear a lot of uncertainty and still you know the seeds and possibilities of like potential incredible good coming from that yeah i i think you're absolutely right man i mean I, a good friend of mine you know put it well where he just said you know life doesn't always give us an opportunity to hit pause you know and, and you think of the frantic pace of life that we had before covid hit um you know and that was our own sort of paradigm shaping our, our daily living and our the, the rhythms of of life and, and that was just there was just this massive pause button put on almost all of that and saying no you're not you're not going to even leave the house for however long it was so you know and and as challenging and sort of upending as is that all has been and continues to be uh i, I think with that there have been some silver linings and, and, you know, sort of like the Phoenix rising, rising from the ashes kind of a thing, right? There's, you see that, that as, as the old has, has sort of faded into the, um, the past, that there's something new and, and interesting coming out of it. And it's, it's hard to have a good understanding of that as as we're in the middle of it, you know, but I mean, for me, just mm-hmm. a real simple thing that I've noticed is like, you know, with my own two kids, you know, they're five and six and you may even hear them yelling and screaming in the background. And, you know, and they were doing <laughs> what was normal for a five and a six year old at the time, or I guess at the time they were four and five, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and where one was in kindergarten, the other was preschool and they were off on their ways. They're going to be, you know, going and, and spending most of their time away and apart from each other. And, and yet this last year, you know, they've, they've really, They've only had each other to play with. Um, and what's crazy is as hard as it was in the beginning, you know, now they've developed this bond and this ability to, to be with one mm-hmm. another for hours and hours on end. And, um, and you know, there's, mm-hmm. they're normal kids. So there is some, there's conflict, there's crying, there's tears, but um, norm, normally that's, you know, I'm the one crying, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, but they, um, they, uh, but you know they're just they have this bond that is just oh, it's magic man it's and it's so mm. fun to watch um, mm. and you know mm. i don't mm. think they would have had that without this yeah well i i love that you're talking about the newness um because you know that's that's who you know you represent the leadership of an organization called all things new <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. um that's right so what is, you know, how, how does that message of, you know, the, the leadership that, that you hold for, for your church, which is called All Things New, you know, how, how is that messaging, like, I guess just written in your heart, um, you know, first of all, how All Things New was the title that, that you came upon and how is that kind of carrying right now in the message 
for and and you know what you're bringing to your people i guess is i don't know how yeah. to more clearly say that but no yeah, but yeah maybe that's... maybe you, you're get you're picking up what i'm putting <laughs> out there i get you man i know i think i do at least uh yeah so the name well i'll start with the name the name itself comes from uh the book of revelation and if you're if you don't know the, the book of revelation is sort of the it's the last book of the bible and it's it comes from this um you know it was this like weird you know, vision that, you know, that this guy John had in the, in the ancient world. And it's, it's apocalyptic literature. So it's filled with all kinds of, it's like the, it's like almost like a comic book of, of scripture. It's like all this wild imagery and, and crazy visions. And, um, and it, there's a lot of mystery and, and, and all that stuff, but, but there's sort of one thing that, you know, is, is sort of believed to be universally true with revelation. And, and that's the, the, the belief that ultimately God is triumphant, that God is, that God wins, right? You know, and, and over the, yeah. the forces of evil and death and, and all that stuff. And and there's this passage in, in the in the in chapter twenty one where the, it's this sort of de- declaration of victory where um, the the one seated on the throne, right, God Himself, Jesus, is victorious. And and, he, and there's this proclamation where where the one seated on the throne says, "Behold, I am making all things new." Mm. And as we look at the the sort of the way that scripture declares the the sort of movement of creation and brokenness and, and restoration and renewal. There's this promise that that things will be um, that things will be renewed, things will be made whole once again in in, in, a, in a beautiful, mm. powerful way. And so, uh, as we were beginning uh, this church community. Um, the words of Stephen Covey kind of came to mind, you know, or I'm like, you know, he, he says, you know, you should begin with the end in mind. And uh, as Christians, we believe the end is that, is that God brings this like sweeping, all encompassing universal renewal. Uh, and, and that in, in the meantime, as, as we find ourselves in the meantime, in, in this state of kind of liminal liminality, right. Where there's, there is still hope. There's hope and goodness and, and experience of, experiences of renewal. There's still brokenness. There's still death. There's still um, corruption. There's still disease. There's still poverty, right? Um, and so, you know, I believe that God has, has the desire to partner with people in bringing about this renewal. Uh, and and the, mm. the sort of term for that group of people is the church, you know, that God longs to partner with his church in bringing about the renewal that he seeks here on, on, on this planet and in this universe. So the way that we try to sort of bridge that gap is, is to acknowledge and, and the way we put it is um, that we are being renewed by God in the sense that God is, is we hope that God is continuously renewing our heart, soul, mind, and strength, bringing that kind of renewal in our own lives. Um, but we also don't want to be a, a people who are only seeking our own renewal, and our own renewal has to translate to the renewal in a broader context, whether it's offering the renewal of God to our neighbors, to our cities, to our to the environment, you know, um, it's, it's an all encompassing sweeping renewal that I think God is bringing and we want to participate in that. Mm-hmm. That makes me think of 
you know, before we started rolling tape here, you know, that, that passage that I was throwing out at you, which, mm. you know, is, it's been put in songs and, and probably well known, you know, mm-hmm. you are the light of the world. Right. And, uh, so, I mean, I feel like that's what you're talking about. And, totally. and I make the connection as a non churchgoer that that's, that's the power of, of my self kindness practice is that I'm, um, able to, to know that that worthiness is in me. That's the light that's already in mm-hmm. me. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm being called to let it shine. Mm-hmm. So Amen. part of my work is to let it shine. But that mm-hmm. also means that I need to be attending to it. Right. Like making mm-hmm. sure that I'm not hiding it under a bushel, you know, or, <laughs> you know, and, and putting it up on the shelf so other people can, can see it. And what I notice right. is, is my work of putting that light up there is, is that kindness work? Is that, Mm, you know, is my light worth it? Like it, it, like everybody, you know, the other people have brighter lights, like, you know, and Mm. maybe I should like, so questioning that light rather than Mm. in the rest of that particular um, passage, as I remember it is, you know, so let your light so shine before the world Mm. that the world might see you know, your good works, like might see you. So Mm. you got to be exposed Mm -hmm. to glorify that creator that you're talking about and whatever language that our listeners hold, like to glorify Mm -hmm. that, that, that intelligence, right? Right. That, that that goodness. Yeah. I I think you're right, man. And, And that's, yeah, it's, it's so that people would see, see that light, and glorify something bigger than yourself, right? Because, because mm-hmm. that's in in so many ways, the the driving force behind that 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 light, that goodness. Um, and I, and I think I I, I I love everything you said, and and I I think also something that's helpful is to recognize. I think a good life of self kindness acknowledges that there is a time and a place to to tend to the light and and make sure that light is shining as, as great as it can. And so that's sitting with the, the truth of your, in, your abilities, your inabilities, you know, and, and some self-care that, that leans into that. And with that, though, I think in many ways, one way to attend to that is, is sort of the other side of that coin, which is to acknowledge our light shines brightest in dark places. And so mm. one of the best things to do with the light that you have is to go to those places that are dark and, and, and help show uh, a a better way, help show light, help others recover and and see the light that they have in those dark places. And, um, and and so Mm -hmm. I I, I think it's what you're doing is, is beautiful work, right. With the, the self-kindness, you know, helping people lean into the, um, the ways that, that they can, love themselves with, with truth. And in many ways, I see that as partnering with that renewal that we all seek is being light going into those dark places. Totally. And what I notice is like, they aren't separate in like the mm-hmm. natural progression of that mm-hmm. self kindness practice is like, you just like, that's who we are, right? Yeah. We yeah. are 
what I notice, because, you know, the, a lot of the work that I do is around um, noticing my thoughts around mm. some of those harder, more negative emotions. And usually what I hear when I take a look at those thoughts are thoughts that go directly against, against that inherent worthiness. Mm -hmm. And so as I explore that, those thoughts don't hinder Pete's actions. Mm. So the old action would be like, you know, I should, I want to help my friend here, or I feel like I should, you know, we have these ideas, we have these inclinings that kind of come from the heart. Mm. But what I've noticed is like, then the mind comes in and says, well, you know, you shouldn't because, mm. or yeah. like, that's not the right action. Or like, maybe you should do a little more research or say, so then all of a sudden mm. I have stopped that flow. Right. And so right. when I do that self-kindness work, it's like such a natural progression that mm. of course my next step is going to be, wait, how can I help? Wait, how mm. can I help? And so you right, get that right. hit to this if it's possible, you get that hit to just reach out and hug that person and you do it. <laughs> you don't stop and think like, hey, this person, you know, may not want this, you know, whatever. It's like, boom, right. you just act, right. act, act. Right. Oh, man, that's good. And I think yeah. that's what that's what I love about you and watching you is like you as 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 a human, I've I've taken inspiration from just watching you just just act, just act mm -hmm. and like maybe afterwards you're like well i don't know but like you just you're just stepping in where the rest of mm. us are going like hold on wait i need to form the right committee and mm. so so i uh, just want to well, acknowledge thanks, that I, I appreciate that i i, I it, it's funny though because I, I i feel like the exact opposite sometimes you know man i've been on so many committees <laughs> <laughs> so many committees <laughs> Where we just talk and talk and talk and, and just nothing happens. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate it. Uh, uh, we can do that podcast next time. <laughs> yeah. Committee yeah. podcast. It'll be the, the, the least listened to podcast in the history of podcasts. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's good. Well, you know. I know it's not really in your uh, personality to give advice, but I, I might push you a little bit to mm. to see if there's there's some there. Just in your experience of being with people, and you know the the role that you you hold right now uh, out there in the world. Mm. What would you say to to folks that are curious or having a, a challenging time, just like connecting mm. with? with that inherent worthiness? Hmm. That's a great question. Yeah, I, you know, I, again, I mean, there's, there's a few things that come to mind. Number one, you could blame this on the day job, but I would, I would encourage people to connect with a, a faith community, but to be, be careful about that, because I think there are some faith communities that, that celebrate that inherent worthiness better than others. Uh, mm. and, and, you know, I know you've got a wide range of, of sort of backgrounds um, of people listening and all that stuff. And, and um, I, I think there are a lot of different traditions of faith communities that, that celebrate the, the sort of inherent goodness of humanity better than others. 
Christianity is kind mm-hmm. of a weird one because we we acknowledge the inherent goodness and also the the inherent brokenness of humanity. It's like this both and kind of thing. Um, I so but but I think being around people that can speak that in into your life is a good thing. Um, I, I I think being willing to listen and learn from people that are coming from different paradigms um, and, and being willing to listen in a way that, that really is vulnerable in, in the sense of being willing to, to allow your listening to inspire change and uh, th- that you may not totally understand right then and there, but are willing to sort of see where that change leads. Hmm. How do you do that? Mm. How, how do you personally go into listening to something and invite that mm. that space? Well, I only listen to people that think like me, so it's, um, this is what <laughs> other people should do. No, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it, it's a great question, man. I, you know, one of the things that I've tried to build into my kind of pursuit or, or just of, of truth and, and self awareness and understanding, um, you know, many years ago, the the, the idea of making sure that I'm, I'm reading and listening to people different than me. It's, is a really important practice that I, I embrace. Um, so, you know, if I'm reading authors, I, I'm careful to consider, all right, am I, is this an echo chamber or is this just another person that has my background, my ethnicity, my gender? Um, am I just listening to people like me or, or am I challenging my perspective? Um, I mean, that's, that's one simple way. Um, and, and engaging in, in dialogue, respectful dialogue with other people uh, in ways that acknowledge my own lack of omniscience. You know, I, uh, as much as I love to pretend mm-hmm. I know everything, I don't, uh, you know, um, and, and I'm, I'm okay admitting that. I'm okay admitting, you know, no. holding on to a belief or a value or a position with passion and um, with, you know, an informed position, but, but to do so in a way that still acknowledges I could be wrong, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm just curious, do you use, um, do you use prayer, uh, actively in, in those moments? Like, do you find yourself, Mm. you know, maybe just prior to going into a conversation or you open up a book and, you know, is there, is there an active, um, you know, practice that's alive that way? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think there are, there are moments, you know, very clear moments, especially if, if I'm going to enter into a conversation or, or something where there's a, a, a clear different perspective that's maybe challenging my own. Um, yeah, there, there are more explicit moments of, you know, closing my eyes some very verbal prayers to God of, all right, help me, help me in this, you know, fill in the blank with, with whatever the, that prayer mm-hmm. looks like. I think also there's just, uh, you know, there's this invitation. Um, I think in, in, in our tradition, this invitation to, to live a life of prayer in a sense that um, in many ways, the, the very, moment you wake up to the moment you go back to sleep and even as you're sleeping like that your, your life is in, in many ways a prayer um and so that in in all things that you're doing 
there's there's communion with God in the sense that, um, I mean, that's what prayer is, right? Prayer is simply dialogue. Mm -hmm. It's, it's interaction with, with your, your creator. And, and so in, in many ways, whether I'm reading something new to, to challenge a perspective, whether I'm, you know, washing the dishes, uh, whatever, or, you know, going out surfing or something like the ideal is that in many ways, all of that is prayer. I love it. I love it. You know, that for some reason, as you just said that, you know, that it's all, all prayer and picturing you out, uh, you know, in your, your little window of surf time, you know, I just, I had this image of you kind of going out, walking towards the water and, you know, the words that, that just traveled with that image were be still, Mm. be still and know, Yeah, you know, be still and know that I'm God. So, so I, I do, I see that a lot. And maybe that's that's what makes you attractive as a human being is that you are actively doing that and willing to to show show as an example of where maybe you're getting that right and where you're still open to to learning that. So, hmm. oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Well, thanks, Justin, for taking a moment out of out of your life to to share some of that that beautiful mind. Um, how could people find out more about you out there in the world and connect with, with what you're doing? Yeah. Our, our church has a website, uh, all things church, And the website is kind of the, the launching pad for connecting with us these days, whether it's just via email or, uh, you can find links to our Facebook page. Uh, you can find links to our YouTube channel. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of, cause yeah, for, from day even before mandatory shelter in place, our church decided to stop meeting in person for the sake of caring for the other and caring for our neighbor mm. and our neighbor's health. So, and we we're, we're still in that place. We are, um, our leadership team has decided that we don't want to do anything in person until there's very clear <laughs> scientific data that, that supports, um, that it's safe to do stuff in person like that. So, so yeah, so we're 100% online right now, mm. and and we'll continue to do that as long as we feel that that is the best way to care for our neighbor. Well, thanks, my friend. I love you lots. I'm grateful for the work you're doing in the world. And I love you too, man. Thanks for hanging today. Yeah, what a treat. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Gosh, I just love Justin so much. I love his energy. I love the human being that he is. Uh, I love hearing his kids in the background there. And I got to say, I'm going to carry that out into the week with me. How can I live my life each moment? How can I see it as a prayer? That it's all a prayer. And whether that's in the tradition of, you know, the the Judeo-Christian tradition or whatever tradition speaks to you. How are you living your life as a a prayer as an embodiment of that inherent worthiness, that inherent, that progression of increasing value and goodness in your life, in the life of those around you, 
and in the life of the world around us, that we are working on our brokenness, the world's brokenness, to make all things new. All right. I love you, my friend. So grateful you're here. And we'll see you next week. Hey, self-kindness with Pete listener. I see you, dear one. I feel you in my heart. And I am so grateful for the love in return. My self-kindness one-on-one coaching is the culmination of all these ideas, of all of that beauty and possibility taken down into weekly one-on-one conversations where we do this thought work. We unpack the blocks that live in you that stop that fluid movement from your beautiful heart living into the world. If you're ready for that paradigm shift in your life, then reach out and let's set up a conversation. You can find me links in the show notes here or on my Instagram or online anywhere. Let's reach out. Let's have a conversation and you can witness what happens from even just one conversation about self-kindness in your life.